Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hi listeners, welcome to the Rice series by Melting Pot in collaboration with India's largest urban network of public-private partnership schools, Akanksha. With 30 years of serving over 9,800 students from low-income communities, Akanksha now runs 21 government schools in Pune and in Mumbai. With a focus on quality education and holistic development, Akanksha is not only expanding its school network, but it is also reaching out widely and influencing changes in the educational space. We at Melting Pot are privileged to share Kanksha's impact on various levels of the education ecosystem through our RISE series. And we're happy to share with you some such resilient, independent, strong and educated women from Akanksha. I'd like to thank the founder Shaheen Mistry and the leadership team of Akanksha to come on board for RISE, presenting Season 6 of Melting Pot. Hi everyone, I am in conversation with the lovely Chitra Pandit. Chitra leads the development and communications team and has been with Akanksha Foundation for over 10 years, but she's going to tell us about her life before Akanksha and her life within Akanksha. Thank you so much, Chitra, for being a part of this very, very special series. Thank you so much, Payal, for that lovely, kind introduction. I'm completely honored and privileged to be doing this. In fact, I'm so excited. Last night, I was telling my daughters I'm going to be doing a podcast. I think they were very happy. Mom, it's time you do this. So much to talk about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's very important for, you know, your perspective as well, because everyone knows about the Akanksha Foundation, but from, you know, for it to be told as a story from within the Akanksha team, I think makes it even more special, because it's very important for that perspective also to reach out to everybody who's listening and watching. So yeah, where do we begin from? Let's maybe just backtrack a bit. And so you just give my listeners, viewers and me a little background on you before you decided to completely change track and get into this social impact kind of career. Sure, fine. In about 2008-2009, I was working for a media marketing company. It was a hardcore corporate cutthroat competitive environment and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed, I was there for almost over one and a half decades and I enjoyed every moment of it. But there came a time in around 2008, 2009, my children, my children were growing, they were in school. And, you know, it became this, I, I realized that I was 
part of this very unhealthy competition and wherein uh, you know i was fighting with my boss for every appraisal point on my on my appraisal annual appraisal form i was fighting for increments i was fighting for target not fighting fighting but just yeah. the aggressive you know self and uh, some, i didn't want my girls to watch me like this you know young school going children watching this mama who's like just charging like a bull every morning um yeah. it was not something that i was very excited about for me to be a like a role model for them so sometime in 2009 i told my husband i think i need to take a sabbatical and do something else because i'm not enjoying this anymore and i was in early my early 40s and uh, i said okay what next because i've never i've always been a working mother and a working wife I, even before my marriage even through my marriage i've also always been out you know and i said okay but i'll see maybe i'll enjoy this part of my life and uh, suddenly a friend of mine said that why don't you go and meet the akanksha people you know it's a lovely organization and maybe you like working with them and while i must admit and i feel shy and a bit you know stupid that i did not know about akanksha at that time i had to look them up because i was this you know when you work in i think co- you were very yeah i think you were very wrapped up in this whole corporate setup that you you sort of had blinkers on and you didn't okay. yeah it was like a cycle of you know up to work back kids up to work but you know so i i completely understand that yeah we life you know where yeah. we have raising two girls going to a school and you know we just wanted a great life for ourselves and my ch- children and then uh, you know so wrapped up in ngo and all was like another world for me and then um, i met nandita who was on the who is on the board and i had a really nice meeting sometime in the in october of 2009 and then she said why don't you wait vandana and ruchi who were already working in akanksha they're out they were overseas and why don't you come and meet them sometime in i think december and i met vandana and ruchi and uh, pile was hired immediately i remember coming out of the office and i told my husband i think i did the interview so badly but they've hired me and i don't know what i'm going to do because this whole environment the sector is new to me and pile since that day till today i am learning i still feel i mean while i'm here for 10 years i still feel like uh, you know i don't have a grip over the sector because people who be here spent years and years of their life are marvelous i mean the amount of work that happens in the social sector has just opened my eyes and uh, that that that's going on till today and i started as the director of communications and i was a total newbie and i remember i struggled the first year you know people were people who were there you know working in akanksha for a long time said you know okay let's see what this girl director does here she's come into the corporate sector so i had to find my way in the office it wasn't easy i had to really and, and each month i remember you know i used to say okay i need to prove this for myself than for anyone else that i can do this but my my vandana and ruchi were extremely cooperative and they they supported me through that your long you know journey of yeah, just yeah. getting a grip you know what what needs to be done you know it was very exciting i was learning so starting from building the website to to launching our social media pages social media was on its in its very nascent stage in 2010 you know it was just facebook and everything was just picking up people it 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 had started but it, we didn't even have a page on we just had a facebook page i think 
We didn't even have a Twitter page. We didn't have a LinkedIn page. Twitter, Instagram is still new. And I remember launching these, you know, uh, with a, I didn't even have anyone. I just launched this. And it was, I was learning as I was doing all this. And, uh, and so what did you think was the importance of social media at that stage? Uh, Why did you think that it was necessary to actually have Akanksha use that platform in a bigger way? Supayal, for non-profits, we do not have massive advertising budgets to use billboards or print ads or TV ads or any of these spaces where you normally talk about your work. So social media was an available free platform for showcasing the amazing, wonderful stories of Akanksha. So it just landed at a time when, you know, Akanksha was also picking up and it was so, so sh- all of these platforms were also building their own real estate, you know, of people and, you know, yeah. there were more and more people joining in. And it was such a great time for, you know, non-profits to be there because you, your visibility and your follow-up, you know, you're just there without paying any money. I mean, it's just available. So, so it was, very, very useful at that time. And, and I'm so happy that, you know, of course, today we have a 33, 35,000 follower base on Facebook. And uh, we have another 60,000 people on Twitter, all of these verified pages. It's built over the, over the years. And these are all follower accounts that have, that have happened organically. We've not gone out and, and, you know, I don't want to use the word bought, but we've never, (laughs) you know, asking people to, you know, come and follow us. It's just happened so organically because our story, are so special yeah it's a very there's a lot i mean the impact of your story of the akanksha foundation story is um so powerful that you know i'm not surprised that you were able to organically get such a large base of people getting connected with akanksha yeah, so there are a couple of things which stand out when it comes to the Akanksha story. What, of course, other than education, I mean, education, of course, is the main focus, right? And I'd like you to talk more about where Akanksha is at with the education at the moment. But what stands out for me is the fact that women seem to play a very, very important role. It's the entire leadership is women-centric. That's one. And I feel also what I see is I've been talking to a lot of students who are going to, you know, conversations that will be a part of the series. And they're all girls. And they're all girls who are absolutely inspiring. So what kind of prompted this movement is not the right word, but kind of this direction that Akanksha as a foundation has sort of taken? Again, did it just happen organically? Or, you know, how is it that there is such a powerhouse of women, whether it's board members or yourself or teachers, and I would even include the students, you know, the alumni, as well as the current students. So how did that actually happen? Yeah. So Payal, our founder, is a woman. Shaheen, our second CEO, Vandana, again, a woman. I must say that right from the beginning, Akanksha has been an organization that 
gives equal opportunity to both the genders. Even today, admission into our schools happens 50% for boys and 50% for girls. We are not discriminating even at the admission level. That itself puts everyone, all of our children on the same playing field, so to speak. Once they come into school, and as you said, you know, it's since we are in the, in the work of school, we work in schools, all of our teachers are female. I mean, the sector automatically, I think, attracts women because I think our empathy quotient is higher than males. And, and yeah, so the teachers are all female. Our board, I mean, because of Shine, I mean, I think that attracted more women. Of course, we have male members also. And then what happened was through, through the journey of our school project, we saw our girls really shining. In fact, uh, the last um, SSC exam, our girls did better than the boys in the SSC. Which final. is the 10th grade. Like, yeah. Okay. The 10th grade. The 10th yeah. grade in India. Uh, today, there are, let me just look at the number yeah, so that I don't miss it. We have nine of our alumni who are in the Ashoka University, of which six are girls. We have nine students in the U.S. studying on full scholarship, eight of which are girls. Three of our girls are in Azim Premji University. And if I just reflect and see how all of this happened, higher in the secondary level, normally when there is a dropout, where the dropout rate for girls students in secondary school increases, Akanksha has been retaining, able to retain every girl child through the secondary school. And this is just because we have a fantastic connect with the parent community. So the sensitization of education and learning happens right from the time they are in school, you know, not, not, not from not when they go to eighth standard. So it's like by the time we come to secondary school, the parents, the students, the students then stand up for themselves and they say that they cannot discontinue. So it's all integrated into, into their learning and, and the approach is such that you know, education is your only way to get out of poverty and, uh, you know, stand up for yourself in irrespective of what you become and what you do later on in life. At least you have foundation. I think the foundation is very, very critical. Yeah. Like one of the, the girls that I spoke with, uh, she said that she's from Pune and she said that there were so many different aspects of learning, which were, despite it being a government school, that's integrated into the curriculum, which gives the students an opportunity to explore so many different avenues, whether it's theater or poetry or sports or, you know, and how all of it as a part of the Akanksha school is integrated in it. And, and I thought that was very interesting. I mean, that's, that's a very, you know, that's a model which the Indian, from what I understand, the regular Indian school curriculum, the focus is more on academics. Unlike, you know, it's not research-based or it's not, it's more rote-based, right? I, I'm not sure if that's changed, but at, when I compare it with the international, your IB or your GCSC, I think it's, it's very research-based, which allows students to start to think independently and form their own opinion. So what she said to me sounded I was very curious to know more about that. So I'm not sure if, you know, you have. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. 
spot on. The Indian system is, you know, largely designed Indian education to, to give exams and pass with a score and then you go to the next grade or the next, you know, college or whatever you want to pursue. At Akanksha, we're trying to break that. We, we, we're slowly going to try to do that. But the system within, the, the whole approach is preparing the child for life rather than just the next exam. It's there, the exam. They have to pass the SSE. They have to go to grade 12. They have to finish their graduation. That's inevitable. But through that, can we build skills that last them longer than just passing an exam? That's the whole approach. And there is a whole lot of practices that schools have around uh, building confidence, building self-esteem. And these are done through, you know, we have simple exercises like sitting in a circle and sharing just whatever comes to your mind and whatever, you know, a space for children to be who they are. Yeah. Uh, there are leadership workshops, there are counseling, there's counseling done for girls and for boys, of course. But all of this, you know, I've seen our girls, once they reach, you know, secondary school and they're ready to go out to college, there's a confidence that they do not want to give up. I see that in every girl child, no matter what, the academics is fine. They will deal with it. They may not be, you know, academically inclined towards going to college. But I see there is a confidence that Akansha has been able to build in every child. So they're able to stand up and speak for themselves. You can walk. I mean, now, of course, schools are sharp pile. But anytime you come back to India, I'd love for you. hope schools open soon. For you to walk into a school and you will see that energy, you know, right from the school team to the children, there's a... This is joy. You're listening to a fusion of stories recounted for the first time ever by some fascinating people from across the globe with me, Payal, on this very unique and special podcast series, Melting Pot. And I think Akanksha schools give that space to our girls and our boys to be who they are. I think that's what is unique. And you saw all of that in the girl children who you interview conversations yeah absolutely yeah no I mean I completely and now having talked to some of these girls I can completely understand and what was interesting or what is interesting is that each one of them is has pursued something different you know so they're not just all okay going into college and doing things like that they've all They've all, someone's a cyclist, someone's fascinated or or playing football, someone's, you know, got a poetry club going. I mean, it's it's just amazing how there's such a massive um, pool of talent, which is what I am really, really impressed and inspired by. Chitra, I want to move away now a little bit because I know that, you know, any foundation for it to be able to run successfully needs to have, you know, there is that other machinery, which is so important, which is the financials. So, you know, because without support, how many schools are you at at the moment? 21 and we'll be adding six more this year. We're going into the city of Nagpur. Okay. Okay. Um, so, so we're looking at 27, by the end of the year, 27 schools, which are up and running with the curriculum, which has been introduced by Akansha, but, you know, obviously leading to the Indian board exams, right? How do you, so there's so much that goes into it. So what kind of fundraising and financial support does Akansha manage 
to get in order for this whole establishment and foundation to run smoothly. That's one. And two, in the past year, given, you know, that the schools are not, they've been virtual in India, I know for a very long time now, since the pandemic started, how are you able to manage and cope with that? Is there a strain? So, so I guess that this is a two-part question and you can take it one at, at a time. Yeah. Let me answer the first part of your question about funding for our programs and our schools. Akamsha is a 30-year-old organization. And uh, over, I mean, over the t- 10 years, I've seen that a huge amount of goodwill is at the foundation of the organization that's built through what Shaheen did in the initial years and then Vandana in the next 10 years and now all of us Saurabh who's our new CEO. It's, it's a very grounded, strong uh, organization with practices that are, you know, sharp and, and, and some that, that, you know, no, our practices are open and transparent. We share our stories authentically. Our, our books are available for scrutiny for anyone. Uh, it's been a very open-run organization. And coming to funding, file in 2014, when the government introduced the CSR rule, wherein corporates had to donate 2% of their profits, Akanksha was just beginning to launch our school project full throttle. Uh, we were, I had just taken over fundraising 2014-15. We were at three or four schools and today, of course, 21. And um, the Akanksha model, school model, is very attractive for donors. While the work in the schools is, I mean, although I'm saying it myself, is for anyone to come and see and it's par excellence, excellent. It's also for funders to see something physical. And once they came in in 2014, they've been supporting us all of these years regularly and increasing their percentage of funding year on year. And this has only happened because of the work pile. I mean, they come and see it. They've engaged with our students. They've engaged with the teachers and 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 since it's a school journey nobody wants to break the journey of a child somebody stops funding us where will the i mean we need to continue the ch- journey of the child so when we take the child at junior kg we promise the parent and the child we take you up to grade 10 it's a it's a it's a whole cycle that one has to complete so funders have been like that with us they do not they've not stopped funding us funders who started you know donating to our country in 2014 continue to donate as of today and have only increased their contribution. That's the first thing. I think the model is very, very attractive. It's a school, you know. And no, very- I think education anyways is, is a very important factor. And I think it's, it's a basis for a lot of things. So, you know, you have the minimum education. It, you can then develop and grow. And obviously a lot of the people who believe in it would want to associate themselves because it's a way of giving back and allowing the, you know, this whole, I mean, essentially allowing the kids to, because that is eventually going to be the next generation, right? So you need to make sure that they have, they, they have the foundation and the grounding. So, yeah. So, I mean, I can understand the thinking. Yeah. And of course, like you said, education as a as a sector does attract a lot of uh, you know funding because that's the that's the society has to grow. It's not just about one section. Yeah. Of society, you know, changing their you know lifestyle. It's also about 
people around us. And only if they move, the whole society kind of, uh, you know, can improve. So that's been good for us. And we've got some of the biggest donors who were like Bank of America, Franklin Templeton, Unit Trust of India, who've been supporting us all of these years. In the year of the pandemic, we started the year being very, very skeptical, Payal. And uh, I remember I went through a very nervous phase in April, May, when I wondered, you know, schools are shut. Uh, how, will, how will our donors continue to support us? But again, Payal, not a single donor dropped out. Uh, again, I would attribute that to our team. We just sprung into action on 16th of March when the shutters came down on our school. Our teachers immediately connected with our students through WhatsApp groups, telephone calls. And this was even before. It didn't happen because of the pandemic. WhatsApp groups existed much before the pandemic. So our connection with the student and the family did not break. Yeah, it just continued. And also I have all the students have said to me that Akanksha provided all of them with a secure Wi-Fi connection and a tablet and, and training so that they would know how to do these virtual classes which is so incredible. So that would have been a huge investment in itself for, you know. Resources as well as financial resources. Teachers have to be trained. We set up a task force that worked on understanding how online teaching learning happens. The task force actually researched best practices from schools around India and the world and came back. All of this happened in three to four weeks in the month of May. And in June, all of our teachers went through 40 hours of training, uh, you know, how it's also about safety. And even for our teachers, although all of them are, you know, teachers and they're qualified teachers, teaching online is a totally different ballgame as we're all seeing today. And uh, I must say they did an incredibly, I mean, they're they're just like frontline workers, Pyle. And, And I cannot even imagine the kind of effort they're putting in to make sure every child is connected with their learning. And, you know, when schools start in person, we do not want to see a single child dropping out of the, you know, education system and the school. So that's the overall, you know, purpose of why we want to make sure that, you know, we are staying connected, children are learning, which is why we invested in the tablets. We also raised funds to provide ration kits for families who had, uh, you know, lost their income. And then we uh, had social emotional well-being calls. So it was not just about learning. The whole pandemic has, you know, led to so much of isolation and mental health challenges. So every teacher was assigned a group of children who they called every week just to check in on them. And then, you know, there's just so many other, given the spaces that our children live in, how do you protect them from, you know, sexual abuse, physical abuse? so many things that uh, a teacher had to be dealt last day to take care of their own families and their lives we're largely still a very patriarchal society pile so imagine working at home and working you know with the students online on a day-to-day basis is hard but uh, i think we saw year one and we are excited to go into year two pulling every ounce of energy that we have to make sure that we see this year through and uh, you know have our children back in, in the coming year. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's quite amazing. I mean, I think what happens behind the scenes, so to speak, is, you know, is very stressful. And then what you see is so seamless, but actually 
you know, all your entire team uh, and the kind of effort that must have gone in. I mean, I can only, I can't even begin to imagine how hard it would have been. But with anything that you need to adapt to, I guess, you know, you just get thrown into the storm and then you have to just find your way out of it. So which I think you've done so seamlessly is my understanding of, of talking now to you and speaking with the students and whomever else I'm going to talk to. I'm sure I'll have the same impression. So, yeah. And we have 99% of our students retained even in the pandemic year who come back to us this year. So, I mean, that itself is a huge task given that children are, you know, at home and, uh, you know, our biggest worry was, you know, they should come back to us and not yeah. drop completely yeah 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 interesting thank you for all of this uh, chitra is there before we wrap up is there anything that you would like through this podcast to you know communicate and and essentially reach out to people for i'm happy for you to use this platform thank you Bayer. i think I, I i just would like to say that akansha's work speaks for itself, Payal. Come visit us, come observe a virtual class when schools reopen. You know, this has been one of the worst years in the history of mankind. And children from marginalized communities have, you know, it's there for us to see. If we do not have this support, children are going to be without a school to go to. For children from low-income communities, school is a safe space. So if we have to continue this work, we need all the support from every part of the globe uh, pile. And uh, I would love to chat with anyone who's interested in supporting our students, supporting a program, supporting us, you know, an entire school or the alumni program. We have many, many opportunities for someone to fund, someone to come in volunteer, you know, and the website has a lot of information. It's akanksha.com. Org, please visit our website and I'm happy to chat with anyone who wants to know more about us and learn more about us. Bye. Great. That's, that's amazing. And people can also reach out to meltingpotcollection.com and, you know, reach out to us as well in case they would like to have any more information about, of course, about Melting Pot, but also about Akanksha. So, I mean, it's just been so wonderful talking to you, Chitra. I really, I really enjoyed the flow of the conversation and, you know, there are very clear messages that have been communicated. So thank you very, very much and wish you all the very best for the next number of schools that you know you aim to have ready and up and running by the end of the year and let's hope that the kids are able to go back to school in the coming year and all power I think to this wonderful team of women and you did mention that your CEO is male (laughs) right so it would be very interesting to get his perspective as well (laughs) you should do is you should interview him as the last person after all, <laughs> after all the yeah absolutely <laughs>
Thank you, Bayal. It's been such a pleasure. A wonderful, wonderful speaking to you, and thank you so much for doing this. Uh, you know, we've never picked out, we never actually got our women, women out of this, uh, you know, their workspace and interviewed them. But uh, thank you for. Uh, it's always a first, and and I am happy that Melting Pot was able to do it before anyone else. So, <laughs> thank you so much, Chitra. Bye. Now, bye. For more weekly conversations, do listen to Melting Pot on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts. Follow us on YouTube and on Instagram at Podcast Melting Pot. So until the next episode, this is Pyle signing off. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.